welcome to the Live Uncommon podcast with me, Teresa Lim. I believe in the power of the human spirit and the fascinating stories it tells. Every week, join me as we pay tribute to extraordinary real-life stories of hope, faith, courage, and breakthroughs. May they be a shining beacon of inspiration and a reminder that we are not alone. I hope you find great value in this episode. You ready? Let's go. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Life Uncommon with me, Teresa Lim. This is actually take seven, because the last six attempts that we tried to record this podcast, I had to stop at 20 seconds because the person next to me keeps making me laugh and it is my absolute pleasure today to welcome my favorite role model and my favorite yoga teacher, Fizzy. Alright, thank you very much. What an introduction that is. <laughs> oh my goodness, I feel like I'm a joker right now. But other than that, uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me up on uh, your podcast. Hopefully it grows a little bit more or in future to come, wherever you are going, hopefully it makes you grow and um, inspire more people. Thank you so much. That's probably the most serious thing you've ever said to me in the last two and a half years I've known you. Yeah, I can be serious, but <laughs> I choose to have fun every day. Okay. Okay, so Fizzy is my role model, as I mentioned before, and we met two and a half years ago, so I'm going to put him on a difficult spot. Fizzy, do you remember when we met? Uh, dun, 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 dun. I... She remember the exact same date, the date or the date itself. I can't even remember the date. Uh, I don't know. No, I can't remember. It's okay. So we met on the 16th of February 2018. And I remember this date really well because I had just returned from five years in London. And I remember feeling for the first two weeks, arriving back into Singapore, feeling very down. You did share it to me. After maybe a second or third class, you shared with me about this story. And yeah. I remember coming to your class and it was my first time doing proper yoga. Proper yoga? What is yes. unproper yoga? So this was the first time that I actually put into practice yoga in my body. I actually moved with, you know, I guess the philosophy of yoga and what yoga stands for. I would never forget that class ever because I remember being very angry in that class because <laughs> I looked around me and people were so flexible, they were so bendy and here I was, stiff as a rod, did not understand what the cues were leading me to and at one point in the class I remember crying and I wasn't crying because I was upset, I was crying because I felt an emotional release Oh, and I didn't actually understand why I was crying, that was why this You were whole crying then? I was crying I, in your I, I class. I remember you were crying in pain. No? You I was definitely in crying in pain for 16 <laughs> minutes. And I was also crying emotionally as well. So that class really left me feeling really mixed because I wasn't sure if I actually liked the class, whether I actually enjoyed it. But something brought yeah. me back to right. your class again. And you became the only yoga teacher that I attended classes with for a very long time. Oh, such so kind thank words you. this moment. And I'm so glad that our relationship and our connection has gone from just being teacher and student and you know in a way we are still teacher and students to each other but it has also blossomed into a really lovely friendship. Right, and makes sense. Oh, I have a few students as well that actually cried during some of the classes especially during a stretch or the yin yang part and the, the yin part. So it, on my own personal self practice, I like to do hips opening. So in a way, hips opening translate to emotional release. Yes. So that's where I guess you probably tap into 
that emotional release state. And I was definitely yeah. ready for a release as well. In today's podcast, I am so honored to have you on the show. And I would love for you to also share with us a time in your life where you made a decision to transition from where you were to something different. Right, so for me personally, I think one of the biggest transition is actually leaving my comfort zone, a childhood dream, which is wearing the green uniform, staying in the army. So I was serving in the army for about 10 years since graduation from poly. Even even the SCF also tried to tried to give me an opportunity to further my studies, giving me an, a second scholarship, which I failed badly because I was enjoying my time in the army. When you tell me to part-time to go to uh, take a degree, I failed four papers. I mean, I didn't fail four, I failed one. And then they sent me to redo the classes again. But I realized that the question wasn't ready for me at that point in time. But maybe in future to come, probably I might continue further my studies. But now I'm going to just focus on my career first. The first transition was, the hardest decision was to actually leaving the army to a financial industry. At that point in time, what makes me really transit out was, there was lack of growth for me. Because I think I probably reached my maximum at the age of 30. I probably earned the rank of a third warrant officer three years earlier than what everybody else were getting. Um, so they fast-tracked me. Seven years, I was at the top of my rank. And then I have to wait for another six more years or maybe seven more years before I promote again. Which I find that hey, there's nothing much for me to look forward to. And every year, it's just the same thing again and again and again. So that's where I realized that I start to look outside for other opportunities to gain more growth. Then growth in the financial industry was, oh my goodness, I do not want to say how, how challenging it is. First, you are now from a stable income to commission-based. Yeah, you, if you close enough deals, you close good deals, you actually gain enough money. But then again, then comes to a question after in the industry for a while, I realized how much is enough. Because I do cold calling and do warm market, but I don't do roadshows and I don't do door knocks. So all I did was actually start up a fitness page. Calisthenics SG. So that page actually drive warm clients. Nobody in the finance industry at that point in time actually thought of that. So for me, there were people asking me for workouts. So I actually met them for classes 7 a.m. and I would just not even say a single thing about what I'm doing. After about two or three sessions with them, they will ask me what am I really doing? Why are you so free coming for practice? So this is where I tried to slot in the opportunity to pitch sales. I mean that's where I mean we are not born, nobody's born salesman. You just need to find your way and techniques into it. So that's where I actually close. In eight months, I actually hit my target through fitness. Well done. Yeah, but the crazy part is that after I hit my target, the first person which I closed at 7 a.m. pull up, he asked me again, he messaged me saying that, uh, bro, I still haven't done my first pull up. I don't feel right doing this. He thinks that I'm honestly going there to teach him on how to, or share with him a fitness practice. But in my mind, at that point in time, I try my very best to contain that underlying agenda. I did not want to say until he asked me, what are you actually doing? I will tell him, mm, what I do, probably about 10 to 15 minutes of your time. Let's not talk about it now. Let's practice first. After this, let's go down to the coffee shop and I will share with you what I really do. That is so interesting that you went from 10 years of knowing exactly when you're going to eat, when you're going to sleep, when your income is coming in to suddenly making that transition from that certainty into an industry where it was all commission-based, you didn't know when your next paycheck was going to come, everything was very dependent on how many sales or commissions you can close. And then moving from that to finding a way to draw more customers in, which was to set up that calisthenics page. 
And what I'm trying to get at is what inspired you to start a calisthenic page and not something else? So when I was in the army, the last two years of my tour in the, in the service, I actually explored fitness out of the, the army itself because I find that there's CrossFit. CrossFit was starting to pick up in Singapore. There were, I think, only three CrossFit or three or four CrossFit, CrossFit boxes. When was this? 2012? In the US, in the States, uh, CrossFit is already booming. Yes. So what happened was I started crossfitting because hey, this is a different level of intensity and at that point in time it's like, you know, the alpha style. You want to go for yeah, men, right? Yeah, you want to go for that. that yes. oh, carry more weights. And then I joined this CrossFit Fire City. Apparently the boss of Fire City is actually one of the trainers when I was in BMT. He was a PTI, the physical trainer instructor for my BMT. I'm like, oh this guy, I remember him. He used to I mean would say I'm so sorry, Uncle Sam. He, uh -oh. he used to actually give us tough training so when I go over to his gym he actually changed from that kind of very tough kind of person to someone who is kind of compassionate he realized that outside of the army or the military is actually you need to address the clients a little bit more differently as compared to giving them just hard training harsh words so you have to be a little bit more compassionate you need to be nice to them but on top of that you also do not want to be too nice to a point that they don't improve so you need to find this sticking balance so which I like, kind of like look at him as one of my role models in my earlier days. From CrossFit, after a while of CrossFit, I actually like injured myself. Then I saw this guy while I was recovering. I saw a ball guy, Frank Medrano, one crazy guy. He actually was doing pull-ups, muscle-ups, and he was kind of like moving slowly on the bar. And that's where I got a little bit more intrigued by it. I said, oh, that's nice. That's a good control on the chin-up bars. That's where I started off calisthenics. This is one year before I left the army. So when I was still in the army, that's where I was doing muscle ups in camp and people were asking me, hey wow, now the pull up standards in the army, do we need to pull all the way until the belly area? I thought a pull up is only up to chin and we do one count. So, so they were kind of teasing me back then. Everybody was like, oh a crazy guy, I was doing all this nonsense. But at that point in time, I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to do something different. So and then when I left the force, I think about 2015, 2016, that's where I think the army adopted some of these CrossFit practice in there's heat classes now tabata is now also inside but when i left the force i actually wanted to learn on how to do muscle up. i realized that hey this is actually a way to entice people be my warm leads last time around so he was talking about leads 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 they generating leads so i do not want to go to cold calling i do not want to go door knocking i do not want to do road show in the finance in there because it's so tiring to stand at the mrt station for six hours Sometimes you know that rejection part, people will say, no, 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 people will look at you and they make one big detour. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them as well, so I kind of feel that. So, and then I'm like, nah, this is not for me. Do this roadshow, it's not for me at all. I actually feel that. I only did once and that's it. No more. <laughs> Going back to the question about leaving a certain mindset, a certain way of life, a certain lifestyle, to adopting something completely different. Did you at any point during your insurance stint before you got into yoga felt maybe this is not for me, I kind of regret leaving the army? What kind of feelings and thoughts were going through your head at that oh, time? There were two months which I got zero commission. I didn't manage to close deal because there were so many... It was I think in the December 2014 and January 2015. I remember those two months clearly because we were going overseas for meetings, briefings, cohesions and then there was zero time to actually meet clients and I'm still new so I actually do not need to go for all this but they expect me to be there when you are new you don't have the previous year rollover so those two months you really got no pay and then you're like oh my goodness and you still need to pay your bills 
you I'm riding, I have to pay my bike bills and every stuff. So that was a crunching two months actually. In January, I think I was crying quite a bit and I was like so freaking depressed. I thought well, I'm trying to know, okay, let's give this another shot for the next six months. If this is not happening, I think I will try to go back to DMing because I think I got enough context to actually lead me back into where I was. But here's the best part. So I promised myself six months to month of June to get the whole one year in the industry. So what happened next was Chinese New Year, usually on February. I kind of closed a retirement plan on that February. I met an old friend of mine, uh, my old Taekwondo instructor. He was willing to meet me on second day of Chinese New Year. And it's a, a public holiday and he's a Chinese. I was meeting him at a Raffles place. Everything was so empty and then you're so depressed. Like, oh my goodness. I like, so I closed the case today. So I pitched just a normal uh, like $150 or two, $300 kind of sales. I went back home six hours later. He called me, do you have a retirement plan to offer me? For a retirement plan, it was a $600 monthly bills. So my commission on the following month when he closed the deal, oh, the commission was like, all oh, right, man. Show me the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one. That That's where the, I sustained for about two months before I closed another few more deals. I had to be thankful to Anthony when he trusted me at that point because he actually saved me from my lowest point of life after leaving the army. After he made that deal, that's where I started to integrate the fitness position into doing sales. But yeah, it took me just about six or eight months before I realized that, nah, this is not happening. This feels so bad. Of course, the sales part is my biggest takeaway in the finance industry. There's a way to actually do sales the good ways, evil way of doing sales, pitching. That's how you, man- I mean, how you actually balance them up. I love that you gave yourself six months to really feel into whether this was going to work out for you or not and you did not give up so easily. During that six months, apart from the fact that you met your wonderful friend Anthony who gave you that chance, did you do anything differently in those six months? to try to make this work? Or were you coming from a posture of, let's see what's going to happen in the next six months. I'm going to surrender to whatever comes my way and then take it from there. Okay, so other than just going out in 7am to meet clients, I also do the usual financial advisory role of wearing suits and ties in the evening. But usually my cases are closed at 8am in PT shoes, singlet. So yeah. So whilst you were in your Lululemons and in your Nike shoes, yeah. you were closing deals at 8am. When I go to the office, if I close a deal, I need to slide in a, a piece of form. I will sneak into the office. Because I might be anywhere in Singapore and I stay at Sembawang. It doesn't make sense for me to actually ride back up to Sembawang, change my attire, ride back to CBD area and drop the piece of paper. So I just sneakily go in. Hopefully nobody spot me. Hopefully my manager don't spot me, slot in the paper and run back home. In the finance industry, in the sales industry actually, you need to meet more people to kind of like get yourself comfortable talking. Truthfully, I cannot talk to a girl. All my clients are all male. I'm During a girl? The yeah, I mean, I, it changed when I was in the yoga industry. Oh wait, hang on. Industry. I might need to check that again. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be a girl. <laughs> so for me, uh, I use Guava Pass last time and travel around studios for my practice. That's where, other than just doing my own self-practice, I actually go to studios. Observe how people behave, talk, how people teach, how people deliver classes. Because that's where I started off in 2015, 2015, 2014. Uh, About that time, that's where I started yoga to supplement my calisthenics routine. Yeah, just to touch my toes actually. That's the reason why I started yoga, just to touch my toes. 
And now not only can you touch your toes, you can also do handstands as well. And you're also teaching handstands to so many of us and inspiring literally the whole and entire yoga community in Singapore. Oh my goodness, that's such a that's such a big word to say. But right? it is true. Like every time I think about handstands, I think about fizzy, you, and I think about Fadawos. Yeah. And this is not to say that any other teachers in Singapore who are teaching handstands are not good. They are excellent as well. But in terms of, I guess, the branding, you and Fadawas definitely come to mind. And Mm -hmm. I guess it's because you both come from a strength-based calisthenic background. And that was where your foundation was and you just built up to now being known as the handstand gods of Singapore. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not gods. It's, it's, I okay, still fine. bleed. No? Right. Goddesses. <laughs> God, goddesses. Of Singapore. Oh, but was going to kill me when she listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> you have always been a huge inspiration to me. And I'm sure I speak for many, many people in the community here in Singapore that you have been really inspirational. And not just through your daily practice and what you post on Instagram, but also your personality as well. I find you really accessible, really friendly, funny, Slightly bang, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> and as a listener, if you are really interested, go check out Fizzy's Instagram page at Fizz Yoga. Always posting about his daily handstand practice where he gives a lot of tips, a lot of cues on how to do handstands better. He also posts a lot around self-help, self-improvement quotes, books, movies that he's watched recently and you're just an all-round inspiration for me and for many, many people as well. You know, you were also a very big part on why I took my yoga teacher training in Bali this year. A huge, huge part. And it's not that I want to become like you, but I feel like you have really taught me the principles and the philosophy of yoga. It's about being very present in your body, using the breath to guide your movement, using your breath to also guide your decisions as well. And that's what I really loved about yoga and it's a lot thanks to you that I am also now a yoga teacher. I can see that you're cringing, I can see that you're about to cry and I can see that your face is red. But I need you to know so that... So hard to take credit for this. Oh no, goodness. you're not taking credit. I'm just giving you a compliment and it's the absolute truth here. So you being this huge inspiration role model for people like myself, I would love to hear who are your role models? Like who are the people that you listen to, that you read up on, that continuously inspire you and teach you new things? As we grow, I think your role model change, your philosophy might change as well. So my initial role model was actually the Frank Medrano guy, the calisthenics guy. And then before eventually looking up at a lot of handstanders, teachers, or practitioners, or circus, Cirque du Soleil, like Andre. I like how Andre preach or talk about calmness in the mind through tough training so once you had a certain level of endurance everything will become a lot easier because you kind of in such a way it does make sense whereby you are in that you need to suffer slightly bit before you things get a lot easier i mean yeah like if i weren't suffering for two months during the insurance industry and you never know that right? you suffer and you try you try keep trying you keep trying you keep trying and suddenly something good happened yeah, so in some way, it kind of relates. And then that's where I adopted Stoicism. Stoicism came in, I think, three years ago. That's where I think my philosophy changed as well from actually working so hard to actually thinking about life. I can give you certain sets of routine, but if that person doesn't have the mental toughness to actually wake up 
and actually execute those uh, there's not much I can do no right so I rather work with someone who is actually mentally tough as compared to someone who I need to keep pulling your dragging your hands up because at the end of the day I'll be tight dragging you of course I still need to drag your hands walk along with you but not to a point that if you're already good enough after maybe about six months you don't need me to drag you you know or else you know you can be a baby all your life right yeah no I totally agree yeah. I think at the end of the day intention is really important mm, correct and I'm taking private lessons with you now and I can see how that translates into my weekly practice with you too because you can give me all the cues all the tips all the adjustments during the class but if I don't follow it through mm. outside of the practice I'm going to come back next week with the same issues <laughs> with the same screams and shoutings of busy just let me down I can't do handstands anymore and there is only so much you can do as an instructor as well Correct. you know you can lead a horse to the river but you can't force the horse to drink the water oh yes that's true right yeah. last one I guess or maybe one and a half years ago I think Jay Shetty was one of yes Jay Shetty I'm going to tag you in this <laughs> podcast Jay Shetty so, so I Jay hope Shetty you listen was... to it <laughs> PZ is a huge huge fan of Jay Shetty so there was one time I think when he, before he actually ran uh, his podcast he was on uh, Huffington Post oh this guy giving such good tips here on Huffington Post about living here and then when he ran his podcast we know that he's going to be a booms Six months later, he come out with his genius private coaching. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just pay and listen to his daily meditation. I mean, weekly meditation, followed by some tips on about living. Sometimes we talk about money, sometimes we talk about health, sometimes we talk about living, philosophy. But I really, truly love his meditation cues. Every week for the first 10 minutes, maybe it's his voice. I, I don't think I'm gay, but... But, this has got nothing to do with gay. But, it's got to do with bioresonance and it, frequency, vibration. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I think he, he actually inspired quite a lot because at that point in time, motivational videos and quotes were on the tougher side. It was the hard-hitting kind, I would say. But when Jishati starts to introduce a much gentler, softer one, so it kind of makes sense that, hey, you need to find balance here. How often do you want to be in that state? You need to start loving yourself, yeah. I don't know why. What took him so long to write that book? <laughs> Think like a monk should come out last year already. Jay, what is, it took us so long to wait for Jay, you. Jay, you have been warned <laughs> by Fizzy. Why do you take such a long time to write that book, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you got one. Next September, hopefully you come out very soon. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope that one day you and Jay Shetty can meet for coffee and maybe you can <laughs> teach him handstands. I can bring him to Roti Prata. You can bring him to Roti Prata, <laughs> yes. 100%. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Fizzy, can you share with us any plans for the future? I know you're not someone who plans too far ahead, which is a good thing because you allow flexibility for surprises to come. Maybe something across the horizon that you might be seeing that might be inspiring you to walk towards? It's a tricky question right now. Hopefully we don't lock down again. The only thing in my mind right now is continue teaching private classes and I want to really assist Warrior Studios be a better brand itself. And hopefully the students that come to Warrior Studios actually trust the studio itself plus the management side. I think I've had enough of hopping around studios, teaching various studios at one time. I think sticking to one is what I really want because working in the army for 10 years, I realized that, hey, actually this is comfort zone. I enjoy working at one place for 10 years. I don't like to hop around, hop around, hop around, hop around. It makes not just me 
tired it makes everybody tired trying to chase me around so i'm trying to stay as much as possible with warrior studios hopefully there's growth in warrior studios as well maybe who knows second studio maybe overseas oh oh i'm gonna tell mel from <laughs> warrior studios that yeah. you're looking to leave her so mel if you're listening to this this is evidence i'm not <laughs> leaving kidding. her i'm saying a second warrior studio i'm, I'm not saying kidding. that i'm opening up a studio on my own I think I don't have that finance part and I don't think I got enough mental capacity to actually open up a studio because it's, there's so many studios out there booming everywhere. Financially, I think you can find all the finance, finance to it but emotionally and going back home whether you can rest peacefully, that's another different factor you see. So I know how Mel is doing right now. She's taking very little class but she's doing a lot of back-end stuff. So I'm trying to actually help her to actually by running more classes so that she can carry on doing what she does best in the admin side, in the management side, dealing with all the others for the studio. So I'll be just being a better teacher for her, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like you have established a really wonderful partnership and understanding between yourself and Warrior Studios. And I really hope that this partnership will work out for the both of you in really beautiful ways. And whatever that might look like in the future, yeah. that will come as a result of this understanding and trust that you both have with each other and for each other. But please don't stop your private classes because I need to master the art of handstands. <laughs> just from a very selfish point of view. Oh my god. So just to wrap up this podcast, is there a word in season, any advice that you could give to anyone who is making a transition from one particular way of living to another? Or maybe one mindset an old mindset that they've had about the world, about themselves and moving on to something that is completely different because you have been there and done that I would say a message would be I think Richard Branson said this if you're given an opportunity just take it you might not know how to do it but you can learn on how to do it later that's what I adopted when I was in the finance industry, when I transit out from the army itself, somehow Richard Branson quote came out out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, oh wow, that was. I think that's one of my first motivation quotes. I think I've seen. That's where the opportunity to try leap out of comfort zone. I do not know whether I can do sales. I do not know whether I can keep up with sales pitching, where the nice quotes and everything. Those are really not my style kind of practice But end of the day I managed to get used to that kind of lifestyle For about one and a half years Do what I really need to do There's, there's a lot of things that I learned In that one and a half years Even though it's one and a half years But I think I learned The best part was That, that Richard Branson quote Whereby uh, you can learn on how to do it later And just accept it And just learn on how to do it later lah. Same thing in uh, I think in when I was in the fitness industry as well I think at the end of the day, when there is something in your heart or in your mind that you wish to achieve, just go ahead and do it. And you don't have to do the full thing yet, but just to take that first step. And maybe that first step is about changing your mindset, conquering that fear. Yeah, true. And just taking baby steps. If you were to go in full on, it might be too overwhelming for anyone. Yeah. I know it will be very overwhelming for myself if I were to make that huge leap and go, yes, I'm going to stick with this and do it for the rest of my life. I think that's a huge commitment right. and there is a lot of unknown and uncertainty involved but just making that first step and go, okay, what do I need to do today in order to get to where I feel I want to get to? Right. And then just start doing. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And that's definitely you where you went from being a warrant officer in the Singapore Armed Forces for 10 years to experimenting with insurance for roughly a year, setting up that calisthenic page 
only to then go, I'm going to try yoga because I want to touch my toes to where you are right now. A private yoga instructor and also a really great supportive partner to a yoga studio in Singapore. And I love how you are really flexible in adjusting and adapting your mindset in order for you to move forward. Oh, I never thought of that. Hmm, now you made me Is realize. that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's so good... your mind is really incredible and they always say mind over matter. <laughs> yeah, true though. I, I, oh, hmm. Now you make me think now. Hmm. Good. You can continue yes. to sit here to think while I wrap things up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But thank you so much for being on the show today, Fizzy. You are a legend and I know I've said this a thousand legend. times. You are very, very inspirational and I want to thank you for being in my life, for coming into my life two and a half years ago. I think you really rescued me from a really dark place and you played a big role. Oh, two and a half years ago, huh? That's what I said in the beginning. Oh my goodness. You see, Fizzy um, never get, listens to oh what I say. I know. I'm getting old, I'm getting old. You are oh getting goodness. old, but it's okay. I You're getting old and wiser. And I'm getting old and <laughs> Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Fizzy. You're Thank you most for welcome. your time. Thank you for having me. Always. And I hope to do this with you again. All right. All right. And thank you so much for listening in. Thank you. See you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you were inspired and got great value out of this episode. This podcast is very much yours as it is mine. If you have a personal story you would be open to sharing or know of someone who does, drop me a message and let's connect. If you have enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend and follow me on Instagram at underscore the life uncommon for updates on new weekly episode drops. See you then.